Time for children this morning. I'd like to invite all the kids who are here today to come forward for our time together this morning. Good morning. Hi. Welcome back. Good morning. Ah, I'm glad you were here today. Maybe gotten a little rest after your first week of school. Come on up. We've got lots of room up here. Ooh. All right, I think the spot might be a teeny bit cooler than the spot out there. That'll be all right. <laughs> I'm glad you're here this morning. These few weeks in church, we're talking about what it means to be the church. Not just to come to church and sing and pray, but what does it mean that we be the church? And the word today is welcoming. I started thinking about welcoming. You know, you might welcome somebody to your home. I bet your teachers welcomed you to school this week. What does it mean to welcome somebody? Hmm. And then I was thinking about what it felt like to not be welcomed. Have you ever felt not welcomed? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in a new place and it felt strange. Maybe you didn't get invited to something you wanted to get invited to. I was thinking about what that felt like. And sometimes I think when I haven't felt welcome, I thought, it's because I'm different. Hmm. I'm different. Hmm. And that made me think of this book. Have you read this before? It made me think about welcoming. It's called A Color of His Own. It's the story of a chameleon. Which is kind of funny because usually we think chameleons as being the same, right? They blend in with everything. They can change colors. But this was a chameleon who felt different. He felt different. A Color of His Own by Leo Leone. Parrots are green. Goldfish are red. Sometimes. Elephants are gray. Pigs are pink. All animals have a color of their own. Hmm. All animals have a color of their own except for who? Except for chameleons. They change color wherever they go. On lemons, they are yellow. In the heather, they are purple. And on tigers, they are striped Like tigers. I guess we're figuring that the tiger didn't eat them, huh? One day, a chameleon who was sitting on a tiger's tail said to himself, If I remain on a leaf forever, if I remain on a leaf, I shall be green forever. And so I, too, will have a color of my own. What do you think of his plan? With this thought, he cheerfully climbed onto the greenest leaf. There he is. He's green. Oh, what happened to the leaf? Mm, But in autumn, the leaf turned yellow, and so did the chameleon. Later, the leaf turned red, and the chameleon, too, turned red. And then the winter winds blew the leaf from the branch, and with it, the chameleon The chameleon was black in the long winter night. 
But when spring came, he walked out into the green grass, and there he met another chameleon. He told his sad story. Won't we ever have a color of our own, he asked. I'm afraid not, said the other chameleon, who was older and wiser. But he added, why don't we stay together? We will still change color wherever we go, but you and I will always be alike. And so they remained side by side. They were green together and purple and yellow and red with white polka dots. (laughs) And they lived. How did they live? Happily ever after. They lived happily ever after. Hmm. Thank you for sharing our story with you, with me this morning, with one another this morning. I wonder what else we will hear about welcoming today. Can we pray? And say, Dear God, thank you for always welcoming me all the time and everywhere. Thank you, Lord. For loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bye, boys and girls. We are continuing our series today on being the church. Um, And we, uh, as a staff, uh, selected a few words um, that we thought were descriptive of what it means to be the people of the church. Last week, that word was blessing. Um, In remembering that we are blessed by God to be a blessing to all, And that really is an identity question, isn't it? That's who we are. And it's foundational for understanding who we are as the church. And so we are springing off of that this week and considering the word welcoming, as Pastor Caroline um, so wonderfully talked about with that story. And so we are going to hear a familiar story to many of us. This was one of my very favorite Bible stories when I was a child. And we are in Luke's Gospel, and we are beginning to read at verse 1 of chapter 19. Listen for the word of God. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. All who saw it began to grumble and said, 
He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son excuse me, for the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So considering the word of welcoming, there was a wonderful gentleman named Mac who was active at a church I served at for a number of years, and it was his practice to show up at about 7.45 every Sunday morning and to open the main outside door for people. And as they entered, he would say, welcome to this house. And people from this height to this height knew who Mac was because he was one of the most welcoming, open people around, and they felt welcome when they entered the building. And on a more personal note, Randy Burham, are you here? Randy, I'm going to tell a story. So on my very first Sunday here in July of 2014, y'all were just so wonderful at welcoming my family and I here on my first Sunday. And, and I was standing in the narthex and people were filing out and, and shaking my hand and welcoming me. And uh, Randy and Patty stood back toward the end. And... After most people had filed out, Randy came up to me and he said, you know, I was raised moving in and out of a lot of parsonages, because he's a PK. And he said, welcome is all well and good, but welcome home is something else altogether. And that pricked my heart. Indeed. Being truly welcome means being welcomed home. And in our scriptures, there is story after story after story about welcoming and its related practice of offering hospitality. Go all the way back to Genesis. And you will see this theme, which is woven all the way through Scripture. In biblical times, there in the ancient Middle East, the practice of welcoming and offering hospitality was absolutely critical because it could be a matter of life and death. In an arid climate where water was... Not easy to find. 
offering welcome and hospitality to a stranger could mean the difference between their thriving or not. And it is a part of our Christian history that we offer welcome and that we offer hospitality. And I think that actually it's a practice that would behoove us to pick up and to hone it again for our own time. And then we've got this wonderful jewel of a story. And if you want to break out into song, Zacchaeus was a man and a little woman. Y'all remember that song from childhood? Yeah. If y'all want to break out in song and sing it, you may. I love that song. But we've got this little jewel of a story. And I think that there are two themes that I want to pick up on in this story. Of course, often when we read the story of Zacchaeus, we hear the story of salvation. But there are two other themes that I want us to pick up on here. So we've got this chief tax collector. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. And there's a lot of baggage wrapped around tax collectors in the Gospels. Is there not? So you have Rome who has hegemony over Israel and After Rome had conquered a territory, they were most interested in collecting a poll tax from every person in the area that they had conquered. And they would collect these taxes by actually getting people of the conquered territory to be their tax collectors. And Luke's story tells us that Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector, so he's got tax collectors who report to him. And their duty was to go around collecting the poll tax, but what was so often the case is they would not only collect what was due Rome, they would collect a little extra for themselves. And they were despised for this, not only because they... um, Ask for extra money is a kind way of putting it. Extorted? Extra money? But also because they were seen as collaborators with Rome. They were absolutely despised by their own people. And they were marginalized. They were not trusted. And so you have Zacchaeus who is not only a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector, which means he takes a little bit off the top of the tax collectors who report to him. And he's rich. He's made a lot of money off of what he does. But he hears about this traveling rabbi from Nazareth who performs miracles and who who teaches of God's kingdom And he's curious, and he wants to see what is going on with this traveling rabbi. And so, it doesn't take too much imagination to think that as Jesus was traveling through Jericho, which is where Zacchaeus lived, that the crowds were pressing around, and that perhaps when Zacchaeus came near, that maybe they pressed a little closer around Jesus to try to prohibit Zacchaeus from having access. You think? 
And because he was short, he couldn't see over their heads. So he climbs up a tree. And as soon as he climbs up a tree to see what's going on, Jesus notices him. My friends, how many of us crave being noticed? How many of us crave being noticed by a group that we want to be a part of? How many of us crave the attention of someone that we pine to have the attention of and yet we just can't quite seem to get it? How many of us crave being noticed by God? And Jesus looks up and notices Zacchaeus. And in that moment, when Zacchaeus comes down and Jesus announces that he's going to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus welcomes him. The one who is despised and the one who is marginalized is the one who shows us what it means to welcome. I wonder, in our own context... Who are those who crave to be noticed? Who are those who crave to be noticed by us? Who are those who so deeply desire a welcome, a welcome home? It seems to me that that is at the base of what it means to consider who our neighbor is. We've got a few people here in the congregation that have hair that's a slightly different color, right? We've got purple. Mary, is yours still pink? It's not pink anymore. You know, it's, it's really interesting to, to, we actually as a staff talked about maybe dyeing our hair for this particular Sunday to see what kind of response we would get. We actually talked about buying one of those tat sleeves and getting Clay to wear it. <laughs> getting Randy to kind of do his hair like this, you know. There is a woman named Nadia Boltz Weber. You see her tattoos. She's a recovering addict, was a stand-up comedian at some point in her life, and she's now a Lutheran priest. She planted a church called the House of All Sinners and Saints in Denver. And her personal witness involves... um, becoming more and more aware of the call that God had placed on her life, and then learning that God was sending her to welcome her people. Those who are tatted up, 
those who perhaps dye their hair all kinds of colors, those with multiple piercings, those who had been searching to be noticed and to be welcomed and weren't finding it in the church. And Nadia wanted to make sure that those people knew they were noticed and welcomed and that they are indeed our neighbors. There is a person that I think can teach us a great deal about what it means to be a neighbor and who is our neighbor outside of Jesus Christ. And that's Mr. Rogers. Ordained Presbyterian minister. Longtime host of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood that was lampooned a lot, but did you ever see a more trustworthy show on TV? When we experience trauma in our culture, such as mass shootings or those kinds of things, and I struggle with how to navigate that, especially with our children, I go onto YouTube and I look up videos of Mr. Rogers because he helps me learn how to navigate it. And he helps me to learn what it means to understand who our neighbor is. And a few years before he died, he wrote a short piece for a journal about who our neighbor is. And he shared this story, and I want to read this brief story to you because I think it illustrates what it means to be noticed, what it means to be welcoming, and also who our neighbor is as a result of being noticed and welcomed. And this is the story he tells. A few years ago at the Seattle Special Olympics, there were nine contestants for the 100-yard dash, all of them so-called physically or mentally disabled. They all assembled at the starting line. As they took off at the sound of the gun, one little boy stumbled and fell, hurt his knee, and began to cry. The other eight children heard the boy crying. They slowed down, turned around, saw the boy, and ran back to him. Every one of them ran back to him. One little girl with Down syndrome kissed the boy and said, This will make it better. The boy got up, and he and the rest of the runners linked arms and joyfully walked to the finish line. They all finished at the same time. When they did, everyone in the stadium stood up and clapped, whistled, and cheered for a long, long time. People who were there are still talking about it with obvious delight. I think that's because deep down we know that what matters in this life is much more than winning for ourselves. What really matters is helping others win, too, even if it means slowing down and changing our course now and then. I wonder, how often do we change our course to notice someone who so desperately needs to be noticed? How often do we change our course to welcome someone who hasn't been welcomed. 
For in so doing, we learn who our neighbor is. Every person who has ever walked the face of the earth, who walks it now, who will walk it in the future, is created and blessed by God. Recognizing all as our neighbors means that we link arms and we walk across the finish line at the same time because, my friends, our finish line is being embraced in the loving arms of God. That is our call. That is our goal. And we do it together. Amen.